Our sponsor today on Drinking with Authors is Skunk Brothers Spirits. Skunk Brothers Spirits was started by a family of disabled veterans focused on locally sourced quality distilled spirits. Their name was inspired by their pops, who was nicknamed Skunk. Skunk's father was a moonshiner in Oregon back when it wasn't exactly legal. Now the brothers are taking the family business legal with their Washington-based team using their grandfather's Prohibition-era moonshine recipe to bring small batch spirits to the gorge and beyond. From the moonshine corn whiskey to the apple pie brandy, all of their spirits are handmade in Washington. Believing they already have the best ingredients in the local community, they work with local farmers and suppliers to produce the highest quality spirits from scratch. You can find them on Facebook at Skunk Brothers and on Twitter at Skunk Bros Inc. Or visit their site www.skunkbrothersspirits.com and use coupon code DWA10 at checkout to read 10% off your order. You can always also ask your local retailer to start stocking Skunk Brother Spirits. Regardless of how you get your hands on a bottle or two, grab a drink and don't forget to get skunked. This podcast contains potentially adult language, adult themes, definitely drinking, and possibly sexual context. Listener discretion is advised. (laughs) Okay, this is Drinking with Authors, the Literary Dreams Edition. I am your host, your sober host, Erica Lance. I say that because my co-host, J.F. Paquette, is making fun of me, and you'll find out in moments why I'm sober, because we have an amazing guest today who is Jody Lynn Nye. Woo! I have to say Skunk Brother Spirits is our sponsor, DWA10, but today I'm not drinking because Jody Lynn, when last she was on the podcast, this is her second appearance, had hot chocolate, and I made a ridiculously large hot chocolate that is just hot chocolate, so my co-host can't make fun of me for forgetting where I was asking questions, so there. What are you drinking, JM? I'm drinking tea, but it is caramel corn tea, so it tastes like a bag of caramel popcorn but in black tea it is Mm. wonderful that's just ridiculous and jody of course what are you drinking i am drinking hot chocolate is my tipple of choice so i like the hot chocolate and chill hot cocoa and chill cup okay so because you've been on the podcast before i change up the questions a little bit what is um what is the best book you've read in the last few years Oh boy, that's that's a tough choice. Uh, are we talking about fiction or nonfiction? Well, what is, let's answer both. What is the best oh. fiction book you've read, and then nonfiction? Ooh, okay. Well, nonfiction. I'm going to go with Ruth Goodman and How to Be a Tutor or How to Behave Badly. Endlessly wonderful writer about uh, what it was like to live in medieval and Renaissance and uh, Reformation times, because she has actually, as a recreator, lived these things. And they're so much fun to read. As for uh, fiction, that that is a tough choice. I'd have to go with the last Terry Pratchett book that I read, and I am saving the last few because of course there will be no more and that makes me sad. That makes sense. Do you have a lot of time to read? But uh, 
a hat full of salt book uh, star Are we having technical difficulties? You might be having an internet blip. It happens. Let's see. Let's give her a second. You folks. Oh, there you are. Okay, you're back. Yeah, you're I don't know what happened. Internet blips. It's technology. Where where did I stop talking? No. Terry Pratchett. Terry Pratchett. Terry Pratchett, uh, probably a hat full of sky, one of his Tiffany aching books. Mm -hmm. But I, I love his book so much, and I'm so sad that there will be no more. He was he was our Shakespeare. He understood human nature so brilliantly, but he liked us anyhow. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So do you get to read a lot? Well, right now I'm reading a ton. I've been reading stories. <laughs> well, I mean, for the contest, but I mean, in general, because I know balancing things like life and reading and writing and you have all these events you participate in and all this, you know, mm -hmm. stuff like that. Do you find a lot of time to read or no? Not, as much, as I'd, not as much as I'd like. I, I do carry books with me wherever I go. I have a Kindle now, which is ter a terrific uh, little vehicle. It doesn't weigh any more if it has one book or a thousand on it. So I think that's just awesome. Yes. That it, I have to say it's a brilliant invention. I know a lot of people like the tactile of books. I, I, Jen is one of those people. It's not that I don't like them. I don't like them falling on my face when I fall asleep with them. That's my, like that too. Yeah, it's the impact. Well, I've, I've had some impact on my face from falling asleep with books, especially larger paper or hardcover ones. <laughs> but um, I think that's great when you do carry it around because you actually wait a lot of places. You don't think about it, but there's so many places that you wait. The other mm -hmm. thing I like is audiobooks because like when I'm grocery shopping or doing the dishes or like chores, I'm, I listen to audiobooks or podcasts the entire time because you have nothing else to do. Besides. I do listen to a lot of podcasts, but I don't actually care much for audiobooks. I read faster than the narrator can speak. So you and Jen both. Okay. You can speed you speed it up. I don't want to listen to chipmunks reading to me. Thank you. <laughs> you could do 1.5 and then it's like it's like right about. I'm like, oh okay. All right. And then you ran down the stairs and it's found a monster. It doesn't speak, it doesn't make it too bad. It depends on the reader, I guess. Jen is really nice, just to clarify things. So she will be like the epitome of nice in situations. She's one of those people that will read stuff and go, well, this isn't that bad. And I'm like, why did you finish it? She's like, well, hmm. and I'm like. There are some, I've learned to stop reading now. I'm better. I used to always finish books, but now. I did too. I used to always read all the way through things. Mm -hmm. And I thought I'm, I could be reading a better book. <laughs> That's what yes. I think. I got Kindle Unlimited and that's what changed it where I was like, mm -hmm. I have access to so many more books right now that I don't, I'm not, it's not like I have to go back to the library to get a different book that I'm committed or, you know, I don't have to read this one. Do you go to the library still, Jody? Yes. Yes. Yeah. We have a lovely library nearby. They, uh, they were closed for quite a long time during COVID. So thank goodness for the Kindle store. Mm -hmm. Yes, I, I think it's awesome. I can't tout it enough on this that you can get so many amazing books. And even to the point of you start reading and you're not into that, then take it back and go get another book. 
Like libraries are where, at least for me, I learned different genres that I loved because you can sit there and start and open a book and they want you to touch and open the books. Barnes and Noble is not as fond of you fondling the books for many, many minutes. They don't love that as much. Not that they're mean. Most Barnes and Noble employees are very nice and quiet people, but you'll get the, the sort of stink eye after a little while and they'll start following you if you fondle too much of the book. But I, I love that because you can read a couple pages and go, I like this. I don't like this, you know, and then I, I just think it's a brilliant system. That's a library not... is a civic resource and they should be supported. Always. We donated a, a load of books when we moved to a rather impoverished county library I will not name, but they had a leak in their roof and they did not fix it until we shamed them into it by sending them 300 books. <laughs> something. They, uh, their, their budget was so small, it ran mostly to the librarian's salary, the, the bills to keep the lights on and, and the air conditioning running and not a lot else. So we, we need to support them or they will disappear. Mm -hmm. I, I agree. And I think supporting them and also bring your kids, bring your grandkids, show them, teach mm -hmm. them. There's so many story hours. There's so much life in a library that I think people take for granted because even even if you have Kindle and Kindle Unlimited and you or you have an e-reader however your e-reader is right it, it's not the same the looking at the books is not the same if you, you for know. example love a series if you go to a library you will discover if that writer has written other series because they will be around the one you're working that you're reading through and perhaps you will discover that you'll like another series just as much or maybe even more. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes, okay, definitely. Support local libraries. Oh, oh, I'm sorry, I'm not five questions in, Jen. Were you ready with the question? I have a question. Okay, sassy pants. I'm not five questions, but go ahead. I was gonna ask about your hot chocolate preference. Do you like like milk chocolate, dark chocolate? Like what, do you do flavored hot chocolate? Where are you in your hot chocolate preferences? For breakfast, I have dark hot chocolate. I mix my own cocoa powder uh, because most of them are too sweet and I do not drink anything that has corn syrup in it. So I buy natural hot, hot uh, natural cocoa powder. I mix mm -hmm. it with cane sugar to a proportion of two cups to one and a third cups uh, coconut sugar. I used to add vanilla powder to it and I discovered I didn't need that, but I get a very good uh, chocolate hit off that. Uh, if I am out and about, Starbucks actually makes a good hot chocolate. It's not too sweet, mm -hmm. but Caribou's dark chocolate is wonderful, dark hot chocolate. And uh, like I said, I'm, I'm a little fussy about the, the hot cocoa I drink. So I have it every morning. I make it, I mix up about 18 days worth of powder at a time and keep it in a little canister. So I, th I think that's awesome. I actually had this argument the other day. It wasn't an argument, but I was at the grocery store. It could have escalated to an argument full on, but I was at the grocery store and I started going through and I realized I hadn't looked at the labels of some of the like ice creams and stuff that I like in a long time. Like I realized I just hadn't looked at the labels and I, I, I have to do this because of a coconut allergy. 
And so I have to be very careful because they like putting coconut in everything now, right? Like this is mm -hmm. super exciting to everybody. They're like, we'll put coconut oil. So I've just taken to now, if I haven't gotten something in the last month, I'm going to read the label, like just to make sure. The amount, I was so disappointed because Talinti makes gelati, gelato. Yes. They put corn syrup in it now. Yeah. That's disappointing. It was so disappointing for me. And there's another ice cream brand because Haagen-Dazs started doing that years ago. And um, I don't know if Ben and Jerry's has, but there's another one like that that's now putting corn syrup. And I'm like, you know, there's so many other options for sweeteners that you can put in, you know, ice cream and going that, that anytime I see a company do that, I go, now you're just trying to make profits instead of continuing the quality product that you had. Because they eating. used to have like sugar, eggs, cream and like it had like five ingredients in these right. talentis and now it has corn syrup and I was like and my boyfriend was like I don't understand the big deal and I'm like I know you don't have but you got access buy the grocery Edie's Edie's ice cream yeah because usually that has natural ingredients including sugar unless you are making caramel in which case you need corn syrup because that's how you make caramel no, that makes sense. This this was not caramel. This was vanilla. And I was like, you do not that is a syrup in vanilla ice cream. So it was, it was very disappointing. So I started picking up all these containers mm -hmm. and I eventually I walked away. And then um, the next day we had to go pick up a prescription. And he's like, I'm going to go find you ice cream while you do everything else. Just don't come near the freezer section. And he was able to find Publix here has green wise and it does. It has real sugar in it. It has real cane sugar. And so I was like, there you go. But he was like, don't kill the ice cream people. Like, he's like, there was somebody putting away ice cream. I was afraid you were going to mutilate him. And I'm like, what is this? Just throw it all <laughs> in place. So during um, the COVID, have you watched any of the books that have been turned into mainly TV series or movies? Have you liked any of them? Books that have been turned into series, like which ones? Like we could say Bridgerton, for instance. That was one. Or like Wheel of Time or Shadow and Bone. Yeah. Uh, neither Bridgerton. of those is for me, really. And I haven't watched Bridgerton yet, although I have friends who are crazy about it. So more power to them. I, you know, and I, I, I didn't for a while because I was a little, I'm, I get killed for this. I'm not a Jane Austen fan. I'm not a fan of those kind of things that, ah, ugh. so I was like, I don't, I can't do the whole English, like, oh, let me look at, no, like it drives me crazy. I hate those movies. So um, I didn't watch this for the longest time because I was like, I just can't. I am actually terribly impressed with how they did it. Like it moves along. It's got a good story and it's not a lot of waiting. Like you're not sitting there going, well, they've had tea for 10 minutes. I'm going to kill every single one of them. It's not like that. So I <laughs> will say from somebody who doesn't like that normally, I was like, wow, this is actually pretty good. Cool. And they updated it too, because they're very, the books are very dated now. So. Yeah. Well, they updated it to old English hierarchy. Well, I'm no, sure. just like the, the, the portrayal of people and the stereotypes and some of the things that were in the older books. Have you watched anything recently that you really liked? Me? Yeah. Yeah. Well, get your, uh, been, your podcast. Some of the some well, you can also chat with each other. I I don't mind. I've watched some of the Marvel miniseries. 
And I think that they have been pretty good as, as a group. Very, very impressive. Some of them not quite as wonderful as the others, uh, but on the whole, I'm really enjoying them. And it's, it's nice, in a way it's fan fiction because the originals were things that I loved. So I'm very happy to see more of that, to have, have more. That was always the, the reason for the existence of fan fiction was we went through every single iteration from the originals, but we want more stories. We want more of those characters. We want more of that situation. And now we're getting it. <laughs> so in a way, Disney has, has reinvented fan fiction for video. And I'm very cool with that. And they have also done some brilliant, brilliant casting. I think I loved what they did with Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Uh, yes. And let's see. I thought WandaVision was mind-blowing. Really mm -hmm. amazing stuff. We just started watching uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Oh. Very interesting. I, I'm and, a fan of the Obi-Wan Kenobi. I, was, I loved the Mandalorian. Actually, I was not a huge fan of the Boba Fett one. I, I saw a note on Reddit that said it should be subtitled, why didn't he listen to Fennec? Yes, <laughs> yes. It's, every, it's, every, every episode should be subtitled, why didn't he listen to Fennec? Yeah, no, I just, it, it was interesting. I, I know this is gonna sound terrible, but as a huge Star Wars nerd, I was at opening night in Chinese Man Theater Hollywood, California, 1976. I was three, but I was still there. Dedicated Star Wars? Star Wars, Star Wars fan. No, 1977, May 25th. Seven, 77. Yes. Still three years old. There. I was there. <laughs> yeah. Um, were you there? I was not in California. I was at the first show that they had in Northbrook, Illinois. I was going to say, I'm going back through photos. Wouldn't it be weird to see Jody Lynn? Wouldn't that be weird? That would be just, oh my God, I so frame that. Anyway, <laughs> um, you know, when Boba Fett is always one of my favorite characters in a way, because he was just sort of this intimidating thing. And then they did the Clone Wars, which I don't want to discuss that whole thing. But um, then when they did this, I was like, you've taken a lot of that sort of mystery coolness completely away from this character. And I was like, this is, and he had, like the Rainbow Bite Squad, which is the, you know, on the scooters. I was like, what, this is like the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers in Star Wars. What is happening here? And I just couldn't do it. I'm sorry for anybody listening, but diehard mm -hmm. Star Wars fan and I couldn't do it. Well, I, for me, I was a huge fan of, of Alec Guinness as Obi-Wan Kenobi. So I'm very happy to have a, a series about him now. Mm -hmm. he, oh, was, yeah. he was my favorite character. You, tied tied with Princess Leia because I was I am I am eight months younger than Carrie Fisher so oh, wow. I was a brown-haired brown-eyed teenager at the time that she was kicking ass on screen for all the times that I saw movies with girls with lots of long golden hair and huge blue eyes and instead we have this this tough little bantam who blasts a hole in the wall and says into the garbage chute fly boy <laughs> So I, was, I have to say that and having Ripley from Aliens, like those kind of role models made a difference for me too, because I was like, there's, look, they're just kicking everybody's ass. 
That's what's happening there. They're not the damsel in distress. They are up there being the hero of the story. Mm-hmm. You know, because no offense, Luke and Han kind of bumbled that rescue completely. <laughs> it was their first rescue. It's fine. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay, go for it, Jen. So if, uh, what kind of fan fiction would you want that, that you haven't discovered? Like what, what area would you want to read more about? Hmm. It would depend a great deal on the fan fiction source. Okay. Because again, I want a good story. I want somebody who really understands the characters. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember when the first New Voyages books came out. Some of the stories were really good. Some of them weren't. They were more Star Trek. Uh, this, the same goes for the earliest Star Trek novels. Okay. Some of them were good. Some of them were not because they were literally asking for anything that anyone had finished, including Barbara Hambly was always happy to talk about how Ishtar, uh, excuse me, not Ishtar, um, Ishmael became a Star Wars, uh, Star Trek novel when it had been a fan fiction crossover between Star Trek and Here Come the Brides. <laughs> but it got published anyway. I think it was volume number six of the, of the uh, novels because they wanted mm-hmm. almost anything. And she was even then a good writer, but she got the opportunity. So it depends on who's writing it. Some people have been really, really good. And I'm, I'm a little choosy about that. Mm-hmm. I think the best... I think author? the best Star, Star Trek uh, fan fiction out there right now is the Orville. I love the oh. Orville. It comes out in like a day or so, right? Tomorrow. Is Tomorrow. Okay. I was like, I know it's, it's this week. <laughs> I think you can tell when somebody, it's interesting because I think this was true of like the Thor Ragnarok movie. And that gentleman is actually making the next Star Wars movie, mm-hmm. right? Like a white TV. He is yeah. a brilliant, brilliant Our flag needs death. Yeah. Exactly. And he was, you know, um, uh, what we do in the shadows, mm-hmm. he was, I'll, I'll just say that when you, you can tell when somebody truly loves the, the thing that they're doing and they're a huge fan of it. Like you can tell the difference when somebody makes a movie about a book or something, a comic book that they're passionate about, because even if it's not a hundred percent true to the 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 book because we all know you can't put an entire book in a movie we like no matter how hard you try you can't do that right but you can tell when somebody genuinely loves it and i was talking who was i talking to i was talking to another author and they were talking about the fact that a lot of times books get opted to be movies because some sub 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 person at the studio read it said hey this might be a good thing gives it to somebody and gives them the like back blurb of the book and somebody goes and writes an entire screenplay off of the black back blurb of the book, basically, and doesn't actually read or understand the story. But oh, yeah. you have like Thor Ragnarok, which was one of the funniest and best Marvel movies, I think, right? One of. And it, you could tell he loved it. You could tell he was having so much fun with it and the character creation and the character arc. So they weren't just like, oh, I'm a superhero. It was like, here's how they're all flawed, right? And doing- I used to read Thor comics and there was a lot of humor in it that was largely absent from the first appearances of Thor. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of humor in it. And- Have you 
Have you watched Our Flag Means Death at all? Have I? Our Flag Means Death, speaking of Taika Waititi. It's his other, it's a new, newer show. It's Pirates, but it's very much what we do in the shadows. So it's the, the same director. It's <laughs> okay. wonderful. He's got cool. amazing actors in that. He's got a couple of my favorite actors in that. Yeah. He's, he's it's in it very... too. He, he, he plays one of the, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's fun. He's sort of Alfred Hitchcocking himself. Mm -hmm. Well, he did that in what we do in the shadows as well, mm -hmm. you know? He, he plays that, but I, I think you can definitely see that in TV shows or whatever, when somebody loves what they're writing and what they're directing and what they, they're doing with it, you can go, they actually genuinely love this story. I mean, Ryan Reynolds is with Deadpool too. Like that was a part of it is he loved that character and loved everything about it and didn't take himself very seriously. Not at all. A, Not at all. Yeah. A David Letterman special that he's done like my my guest needs no introduction and he was my talking next about needs no introduction yes yes and i loved it ryan rose was talking about the fact that he created this character that was not the like whoa superhero kind of like thing. he was pretty much a doormat like it's he gets run over all the time and does it if you look at the way deadpool does things he does it very badly he doesn't avoid getting shot or whatever he you know Anyway, I think that's fantastic. If you could pick an author to write, like you could wave a magic wand and go, you were going to write this story, what would you do? Oh boy. I say that from somebody who's known so many of the great epic authors of all time. Mm -hmm. that, that is an enormously tough choice because so many of the authors who have written worlds have uh, have con have continued on to write the books that I was hoping that they would write. But I have to say it would be, if I could, and I asked her once about it, Madeline Langle, she kept hinting that there would be a story about Meg Murray's little brother, Charles Wallace, the genius, the, the genetic sport who was far too smart for the family he was born into, despite the fact that both his parents were scientists. And I asked her on the one time I was able to meet her, when are you going to write the Charles Wallace book? I have been waiting. I have been hoping. And she said, I can't do it now. And that makes me terribly sad. If I could have any book, it would be that. Oh, well, that's disappointing and sad to hear. Mm -hmm. Is is there a, uh, a sandbox you would want to play in? Is like there a what? Uh, like oh, a world? I, oh, my goodness. Uh, I have been lucky enough to write in most of the sandboxes I wanted to, but I would love to have written with Terry Pratchett. I would love to have had that opportunity. He was so brilliant and so funny and so insightful. And I, I did know him. So I was, uh, I was privileged to hang out with him a bit and, and um, well, drinking, drinking non-alcoholic things while he had, had a beer or so, but tremendously innovative writer. Mm -hmm. So he, he was the kind of person who could twist an idea and make it both funny and something that you say, why didn't I think of that? That's so obvious. Mm -hmm. I would love to have been able to write with him, but uh, mm -hmm. I would just been, be, have been happy to sit by while he did, in fact, write. That would have been fun. Well, that's so cool. But you have been very fortunate to write with a lot of amazing authors, mm -hmm. you know, and they've been fortunate to get to write with you. 
I'm not sure they saw it that way, but that's okay. I'm sure they did because they kept asking you to do it. So if they didn't like you, they would have been like, it's so nice. Do you want some hot cocoa? Let's not talk about books. Look, I have have some ice cream choices for you. Well, I have, like I said, I've been very lucky. Uh, I did not get to write with my dear friend, Susan Sizemore. She wanted to write with every one of her friends who was also a writer. And she, she did, she did try, but she was taken from us too soon. Wonderful writer. She did vampire romances. She did time travel romances. She very innovative and always, always a great writer. She, I am not a huge fan of the romance genre because uh, sometimes it's just too contrived. Back when uh, the, the little thin white back novels were, were so prevalent, uh, they, were, they were cookie cutter. Yeah. And yeah. did not care for them, but she wrote, she wrote romances I could believe in. Oh, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. She was a tremendously wonderful writer. Well, and there have been so, so many and it's so awesome that you've gotten to know okay i'm getting jealous again that's what's happening this is what happens i talk to her and i'm like now i'm jealous again like <laughs> so what are you reading right now uh, for your book not oh for, oh, for my pleasure yeah. uh again mind goes totally blank uh mostly reading nonfiction right now because of the eric flint book but i'm reading a book about uh, the wool trade in in england in the 17th century and I'm reading a lot of cookbooks because I have a series, well, let's start with one novel, but a series in which I need that. Mm-hmm. Cookbooks, cookbooks are tremendous because it gives you a lot of insight into the writer, what they're drawing from, what's important to them. And naturally, every cookbook has a happy ending because they always end with dessert. Mm-hmm. And then the index, but I ignore that. <laughs> it's not important. Okay, well, we have to wrap up. So let's do some shameless self-promotion. What would you like to shamelessly self-promote? I would like to shamelessly self-promote my book for assisting people in helping to polish their book called Once More with Feeling, edited by, uh, published by Wordfire Press. And Cat's Triumphant, which will shortly be coming out in both paper and ebook format from Prince of Cats. Uh, publish publications and it has an adorable cover with a an orange tabby on it I happen to have an orange tabby so I thought that that was just a charming picture so uh, you can find me on Facebook at Jody Lynn Nye and very 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 occasionally Twitter I will be at a number of conventions which are on my website uh, which is jodylynnye.com or jodynye.com and I am the coordinating judge for the Writers of the Future contest. So please send in stories, go to the website, follow the instructions and send a story. You can send one per quarter and the the prizes for winning are awesome. Very, very cool. That's so awesome. And thank you for helping so many people like you do. It's just truly amazing. And it's fantastic having you. I absolutely love having you on this podcast. And I, I think I might sneak over to that con if I'm feeling up to it after my- Hope you stuff. can. Yes, sneak over. Um, but it's been great having you. So this has been Drinking with Authors Literary Briefs. I've been your host, Erica Lance. Our sponsor today has been Skunk Brothers Spirits, coupon code 
DWA 10 brother owned and veteran owned distillery in Washington. Please support Puff because their drinks are kind of amazing. My co-host today has been J.M. Paquette and our amazing guest has been Jody Lynn Nye, which is so fabulous to have her back. And we will see you all 